Okay, we are in Sefer Yirmiyahu, Perek Tesayin, Pasuk Aleph, Yehidavar Hashem Eli Lemor, and the beginning of Tesayin. Is this dark, foreboding, doomsday ending <coughs> as any Nebuah Yirmiyahu has ever given, and that is saying a lot. And the way to approach it first is Let's take the first four psukim as a unit. So, You shall not take any woman as a wife. You shall not uh, propagate sons and daughters in this place. Because thus says the Kaddish Baruch to those sons and daughters born in this place, um, to the mothers that bore them, and to the the fathers that uh, propagated them, Kaddish Baruch Hu says to both, you will die of terrible diseases. You will not be eulogized. You will not be buried. You will not be accorded the elements of a, a Jewish burial. Literally, you will be dung on the face of the earth, on the ground. And by sword and by famine, uh, you will be killed. And your carcasses will be like food for the vultures, and the animals. What are we talking about? It is very confusing. It is certainly very different from Jewish halacha, and it has excited, of course, a huge body of commentary. But the one I would like to focus on is the Radak. And if I may read it to you, the Radak says, Yesh hine That's an understatement. There's a lot of confusing things here. Why? Can he take a wife and have children? Why? Because there is a terrible edict on these children, sons and daughters. In this place, that they will die of famine. Think about it for a second. Is it not Yumi Yahu's children? Are going to die. Wouldn't his children merit his chusim, his his merits that prevent them from dying for his sins because he hasn't committed any. And Katanim, children, infants, don't die because of the sins of their fathers. He doesn't have sins that his infant children would die because of sins he committed. So that anyone born is going to die of sword and famine. We know that there's an edict against part of them. 
we know that there will always be a, a remnant. They're going to go into Gullus. They're not going to die on the spot in the field. So it's a, a partial death, if anything. Kigam Gullus nigzor alehem. The Gullus is decreed on them. Behinei Omar and Yechezkel has told us that there will always be a remnant, etc. Uh, why can't the tzaddikim, the what tzaddikim, why can't their merits save their children? Why are their children doomed to such a totality of death? They've got no sins. What is he talking about? And if the fathers are tzaddikim, what are they going to die for? They've committed no sins. The fathers' sins will not uh, redound to them. And so the Radak is a pshat. What I see is here is the key words of Amakom Hazet, this place. What is he referring to this place? Is it Yushalayim? Is it Judea? No. Says the Radzak, This is in the city of Anatot. You will recall Anatot is a suburb of Yushalayim. It is the Ir HaKohanim. It is the birthplace and residence of Yirmiyahu. His father, Hilkiyahu, was the Kohen Gadol. And the Kodesh Baruch Hu revealed to Yirmiyahu a plot a plot by his own kinsfolk, his own townspeople against him, a plot so vicious that it would assassinate him, but not in an open, dramatic, martyr-making manner. He would die as a food poisoning by his own people so that his legacy would be non-existent, his nevius would be wiped out, and it was a, a terrible, terrible fate, and that they are the ones that Yumiyo is commanding not to marry there. He's, no, Hilly, when, you know, isn't like what he's describing very you know, applicable, let's say, to the Holocaust, where people were, had no one to mourn them because, and they weren't buried Jewish burials because there was no one left to mourn them, right? And they were, and it didn't matter if they were righteous or not righteous, they got caught up in it. I mean, we don't know what the place would have been, but but that's yes. very similar to what he's describing. It, it is. It's yeah. a very apt analogy. Uh, you know, you died no matter what you did. Shaloi, uh, but continuing, Radak, Shaloi kachi shavalo yobanim uvanos, because gezera al habanim habanos, hanogim baanosos, that are born in anosos. This applies to Anasos. It's a very narrow interpretation of a very complex issue. The Yobarbanel says, do not again take this literally, as if he's saying, don't marry a woman, don't marry a child. And the way is that people, you know, you say because they're going to die, and this is a message to the people. No. Says Yobarbanel, uh, this is so that people say, he says, he's not taking a wife, he's not taking children. And of course, it's a teaching moment. They will come to him and say, why? Why aren't you married? Why aren't you bearing children? And then he explains to them that because of what's coming, and he uses it as a message. Again, 
not very satisfying because it's, it's not what it literally is saying. But it is a terrifying prophecy, a terrifying muscle. Is there any reason why Yirmiyahu would have any questions to why he's not very popular among his arguments? <laughs> right. And why he's going to have a lot of trouble in the problems to come. In any case, and continues, Hashem. Now we're going to go after the simple ritualistic chesed that Jews do for other Jews. That's going to end. Hashem. Literally, that means don't go to the morning house. Don't pay shiva calls. Don't go to eulogize. Don't mourn for them. I have gathered my shalom, my peace from this nation, my sense of justice, compassion. I have left them completely. And elders and infants will die in this land. They will, they will not be buried. They will not be eulogized. Interesting. They will not cut their skin or make tear their hair out. Uh, just to mention these last two are very non-Jewish concepts. This was done by the Canaanim, but it's being mentioned only for... <coughs> to show the totality of it. <coughs> B'nai Yisrael did not do those two, or certainly were not allowed to. So that they will not be the simple amenities we grant to the dead, the simple chesed. Um, they will not be buried, simply because no one will be left to be buried, or two, their bodies will be so contaminated with disease that no one wants to touch them. They're untouchable. Below you will not come to bring them the um, meal, the sudas havara, that's traditional on mace. Below yashiku or some coast on humim, you will not pour for them a libation of wine, which is traditional, on a person's mother or father. Further, forgetting death, you will not go to their parties, their festivities, their weddings. To eat with them. One, there may be no one there. Two, the death and contamination is so um, prevalent, you're not going to go. Why risk it? Um, because what I am doing, says the Kaddish Marku, is nothing less than I am destroying from this place before your eyes will be amazing in your days. Call Sasam, the call Simcha, call Chasam, the call Kala. There's no joy, the Rina, the Simcha, the Kala is gone. It will be over. And now, says the Navi, the Hoya, Kisagid Lam Hazer, the Kashbrach who says to Yermio, and when you tell this all to the people, as Kohat Varim Ha'ela, these things, they're going to say to you, What's the Kaddish Baruch talking about? Why this evil on all of us? What's he got against us? 
What's our sins? What's our transgressions? What have we done? And they mean it. They are so oblivious. They are so far gone. They are going to seriously question, why is he mad? Why is he getting so upset at us? What have we done? Continues the Navi on Peret, Pesachid Aleph, Ramatalehem, because your fathers have abandoned me to Hashem. They've gone after other gods. They worshiped, they prostrated Lahem. They left me as Torah Silo Shamru, but they did not guard my Torah. An interesting thing because it's both. They have left me and they have abandoned my Torah. The Mephorshim imply that sometimes if you abandon more, yes. I, I don't believe in God. But you study Torah. There's a merit in that. Or if you study Torah, rather, I think you don't uh, study Torah, but you have a firm faith in the Kaddish Baruch Hu, as contradictory as that is, yes, you can overlook that. But you've done both. Moreover, you have exceeded your fathers in your evil and your mendacity. Each man has pursued the visions of his heart, what he wants to do, without thinking of me or remembering me. You do what you want. And I will take you from this land, to a land you do not know. We assume the reference is Babel. And you will worship gods there, foreign gods, day and night. In other words, the Midah Shalmida, here in Yerushalayim, in the presence of the temple, you worship idols and foreign gods. You're going to go into Gaulus where you can do it all day long. <clears throat> I will give you no, Chanino could mean rest. Chanino could also be a name for the Messiah. That I am not going to give you any rest until the Mashiach comes or until there is delivery. And it is interesting that in the 70 years of Gaulus, there was not any practice, any worship, any Torah learning. Now, the Navi shifts in one of those inexplicable 180-degree turns of the days of Messiah that will soon come. They will not take an oath, but blessed be the God who led us from Mitzrayim. Why? Because the miracle of Golos the miracle of the messianic ingathering of all the exiles will dwarf Mitzrayim. You're not even going to consider Mitzrayim on that level. And the Gomorrah in Sanhedrin validates this, saying that they are those Chachamim who say, in the Asid Lavo, in the days of Mashiach, we will not have to mention the daily ritual of Yitzias Mitzrayim. It will be dwarfed by this. The God who led you <clears throat> from the land of the north, whom he called and gathered you from all the land, will return you to their land. You will be brought back to your land in peace, in justice, in love. But 
the next pasuk, the Navi says, I am sending you fishermen, Rabin, Nom Hashem, the Diyogim, trappers of fish. In other words, they are going to pull you out of the pond. This would be Bavel, the Buchadnezah. They're going to pull you out of your existence, take you out where you will not be able to survive. And after that, I'm going to follow up trappers. But suddenly may I'll call Har and they are going to trap you on every mountain, who may I'll call Giva in every valley, every crevice. In other words, these are other nations eager to destroy you, eager to turn you over to the oppressors. You will not have a moment's rest. My eyes are on you. I know what you are doing. Lo nisterum of it is not hidden from me. The lonit spano will know me naked and your avonos aren't concealed from me. Vishilamti Vishona Mishne Avonam and I will pay in full the um, full extent of your sins, your transgression, achalolim, as artsy, and then what you have done, not only the sins against me, what you have done against my land. she could say him with your abominations, your filthy practices, you filled my land. And now back again. The Kaddish Baruch Hu swears that what will happen in the time they will come back and they will realize the stupidity, the extent of their evil, the emptiness, the lie of what they have done with idol worship, the sheer stupidity. Hayasa lo adam Elohim behemo lo Elohim. Think about it conceptually. Can man make himself an idol that has more power than he has and call him, this is my God? No, they know it. It's, it's an impossibility. It's a conceptual stupidity. Lachain, therefore, hinimimi odim bacham hazos, odim yodi, I will reveal my strength, deskurasi, and my power, they will know and they will have no doubt that I am their God. So we end on a positive note after beginning on a terrible note. Hopefully we will resolve this further 8.45 a.m. tomorrow.